Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. You might know us as the co-founders of Of A Kind, the co-authors of WorkWife, or just two women who feel so strongly about their relationship that they own the domain ClaireAndErica.com. Related, head there to sign up for our newsletter and find episode notes and get the coupon codes from our advertisers. So much happening. So much happening over there. Hey, do you want to leave us a voicemail? Because we love it when you do. 833-632-5463. Maybe we'll play one after this episode. Oh, yes. I feel like you just gave me a prize. You're welcome. I felt like I was like, we were at the supermarket and I was seven and you were my mom and out of nowhere you were And I was like, like, you can have Haribo. Yeah. You can have, you can pick out a piece of candy when we get to check out. Yeah. You're welcome. for that. Hey, you're welcome. I love our voicemails so much. I found out that I could download the app that... Uh, our, that our voicemail technology functions on. Yeah. And it gives me a push alert every time there's a new voicemail. I get so excited. That's, that's one of, fantastic. One of the few push alerts I allow on my phone. So I heard about a really wonderful decision-making trick the other day. And I told you about it immediately because I was so taken by it. And now we want to tell our listeners about it. It's so It's so useful. It's so charming, both. Yeah. Shout out to my friend, Eliza Bent of Kippy Winston, Bent Entertainment. Get Bento Box on Instagram. Um, she was making a really big life decision. She'd gotten a really attractive job offer in another city after living in New York for a really long time and sort of establishing her career here. And her life was sort of at a, at a crossroads of sorts. And she had been hemming and hawing about whether or not to to take the job. And, you know, I obviously had an opinion and I'm sure everybody in her life had an opinion about it. And she has this sort of life and career coach that she turns to sometimes. And so she called this woman and the woman said, um, let's do this. I want you to talk for 90 seconds about what you'd be saying yes to if you turned down the job. If you stay in New York. If you stay in New York and turn down the job. And what you'd be saying yes to if you took the job and left. Um, and 90 seconds for each of these 90 things. seconds for okay. each. So she said, I'll time you. You just talk. So first she started with the New York one. And when she finished, the coach said, you still have 30 seconds left. And then she did the second one about, you know, what she'd be saying yes to and what she'd be excited about if she left. And she blew past the 90-second mark. And it was like, well, there's your answer. I loved this so much. Isn't I it just, so great? And— 
listen, I loved it for what it was, mm-hmm. but I also loved it for the intro scene of the movie that I picture Eliza's <laughs> next chapter to be. Yes. Because I love her moving to Chicago for this job. Yes. And I love the like, I love the like, set up the premise yes. that we're getting right now. So keep it coming. <laughs> you know, I checked in with her the other day to fact check the story and just see how it's been going. And I think in the movie version, it's like getting off to an appropriately uncertain start. Like she's not sure, but she's got to stop comparing Chicago to New York. You know, she's got to let Chicago be its own city. So. Totally. Well, it's also winter in Chicago, which I think mm. is incredibly important for the film. Like yep. she needs to be bundled up with three scarves exactly. and a puffer jacket down to her ankles. That is a key second scene where she's like, did I make the wrong decision? That's right. <laughs> and then spring in Chicago comes and it's the best spring of any American city. Yeah. Great. I love it. She's going to be on a sailboat in the lake. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm here <Yeah>. for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. All too. right. Should we bring our guest on? Let's do it. We are so excited about today's guest. We have Nikki Oganaki. She is the deputy fashion director at GQ. What an incredibly fancy title. It does Thank sound you. very fancy. I like it. It suits you. I know. It's a pretty good title, I'll say. I love being a deputy. You know, exactly. Fashion, <laughs> fashion is life. It's, you know, it feeds me. So, yeah. And you direct it's a great things. Title. Yeah. And I love to direct things. <laughs> what Tell do- people what to do. <laughs> what is your job description? What do you do there? Um, lately, I've been saying that I sort of keep all the fashion trends on track. So I know, right? That's it's a big job. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while. I've been That's there for the four back months. of your business card says. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've been there for four months. So the first four months, I was kind of like, I mean, I do a little bit of this. I mm-hmm. do a little bit of that. But I've realized over these past few months that it's more of just like making sure everything is on track. So that's whether we're planning a party and we need to get like the proper fashion invites out. I'll help with that. Um, If we are shooting front of book stories or we're pitching talent, I'll, you know, liaise from Will's office to the style team, to the fashion team, to make sure that everyone's on the same page there. Um, And then I do a lot of things in terms of just like representing the brand. So going to the fashion weeks across the world and, Going to events um, and then doing wonderful things like this. This beautiful sound, podcast. This job sounds like so much fun. I feel like everybody listening is just going to want your job. Now. Yeah, it is. It's a really good job, actually, and it's sort of a culmination of, I think, like all of the things that I've been working towards. I really didn't know it was an option. You know how people are always like, "What do you want to be? Like, what's your five year plan? Like, what do you think you'll be doing in the next ten years?" And this is actually not something I thought I would have been doing. Right, because before this, you were at L.com. Right, so I was at L.com, and I was the style director there, and I was overseeing all the fashion and beauty coverage for the website. And I thought that I was going to stay in digital for a really long time. Um, And I did. I was there for four years, and before that, I was at Glamour.com for four years. So I had a nice, healthy sort of um, time in the digital space, but then I also saw what GQ was doing, and more so than wanting to go back to Condé Nast or really wanting to go back to print, I wanted to work at GQ, specifically the brand. What was GQ doing that was so exciting for you? I think they were styling just amazing people. Like, you know, Mobilaji Dawoodoo is our fashion director, and he just has such a specific way that he styles. Um, and I remember specifically looking at an issue, and they had styled Keanu Reeves. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. from when? How? Where? Like, <laughs> why? 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 Like, why are we styling Keanu Reeves? But he looked so amazing, and I noticed that they were just getting— really just sort of 
zeitgeisty, amazing talent. Like, we had just had Larry David mm. on our February cover, and people would look at that and be like, what? That's weird. Like, mm-hmm. he's not your traditional cover star, but, like, people were dying for that issue. Well, I feel like the GQ reader loves Larry mm-hmm. David. Uh-huh. And you can make yeah. him co- feel cool and fresh if you actually think about how to do that and don't just put him in the same old, same old. Right, exactly. And I think that we have always had such a healthy mix of what the stories that we're writing about are, so it just feels like— it's a fun read. Like, I haven't picked up a magazine and felt like, oh, I really need to read this, sit down with it for a really long time. But I was on a flight back from London, and I had our February issue with me, and I was reading it. And I was like, These are, this is great. <laughs> when was the last time I, I did this? It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you spend all your time on your phone. You're yeah, Instagramming. You're, like, playing, like, weird games. But, but magazines no. are so magical because of the way they package content. Yeah, exactly. And it's just such a different experience than, like, scroll, 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 click, rabbit hole, rabbit hole, exactly. rabbit hole. Yeah. I had the exact same experience with, in fact, that same issue of GQ, the Larry David one, in our management coach's office where I was found Why myself. Why have I not read this issue of GQ? <laughs> what, am, so what is wrong good. with it's, me? It's a really, there's really a whole. Good. There was a whole section on intermittent fasting, and it got, like, Alexis Ohanian's take on it. And I was like, why am I so into this yeah, right now? it's and like I, how people eat. And yeah. you that is the thing that we're all curious about, yeah. right? And you have read other stories, yeah. people who have done it. But we got, like, Alexis Ohanian and um, who else? was J.B. Smoove. Like, to get the yes. two of them together to talk about their, their food. <laughs> there isn't is, actually a diff- another publication that would yeah. do that. Right, exactly. But yeah. I think that we— just comes from so many different walks of life that when we're thinking about who we want to cover in the magazine, it's always a healthy mix. Thank you so much to Sephora Clean Color for sponsoring today's episode. Okay, this feels like really big news, I think. I think. I think Sephora, yes, you know Sephora. You've heard of Sephora? Yes. (laughs) They launched a clean beauty section. And honestly, it's got so many brands and products we were already using, including so many that we used to carry at Of A Kind. So if you were into our makeup selection at Of A Kind and are now wondering where to go to get your next lipstick, the answer is Sephora. Seriously, I already have so many products that I buy from Sephora. Obviously, you've all heard me talk about the Lancome Missler water that's only available there. So I'm so psyched that now I can also get all of my clean beauty go-tos from them. They've got Kosas, which you've absolutely heard us talking about if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time. We use a ton of their products and they were a huge bestseller for us on Avakind. I feel like their lipsticks have become kind of like a standard oh, bearer for sure. in the that industry. rose water one oh, yeah. for me. Yeah, people are obsessed with it. And then we are also so into their tinted face oil, which is like a non-foundation foundation. And I just started trying out their under eye concealer, which is really brightening and I'm really into it. Um, Sephora, speaking of concealer, also carries RMS and I have been using their concealer, their uncover up, I think for a decade. I mean, you were talking about it when we first started of a kind, so it's definitely oh gosh, been a early decade. adopter. Yeah, um, They also have Ilia, and we're big into their lipsticks. Flame is an exceptional red, and they carry Bite Beauty, which we love. Suffice it to say, it feels like this thing was made for us. Truly. All of their clean products are marked with their green clean seal, both in-store and online. All brands with this seal qualify as Sephora clean and are formulated without plenty of ingredients that you really don't want to be putting on your face or on your body. Parabens, sulfates, phthalates, you know, formaldehyde. You get it. Who wouldn't want formaldehyde on their face? (laughs) Sephora is clearly really committed to this and not making any sacrifices when it comes to the seal, and they're adding new brands all the time. Get the best in clean makeup at Sephora online and in-store now. How did you 
think about going from being in women's media for so long to coming to a men's magazine? And how did you make that case for yourself? And was it intimidating? Just another, just, <laughs> just like another question. Like, yeah, time. no. Um, okay, so first things first. When I was, when I decided to go work at GQ, um, I, again, wasn't thinking about men's media or women's media. I was just thinking, I want to work at a cool brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it hit probably my first month or two there. I was like, oh, I work at a men's brand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's interesting. I like that you figured that out eventually. <laughs> no. Eventually, eventually it got so like a sort of like, on-the-job, oh, lifelong exactly. learning thing. <laughs> I was like, wow, I have to, like, relearn market for men. Mm-hmm. I have to relearn how men shop, what they care about, the details, the accessories that they're interested in. Do they wear accessories? What's their grooming like? Um, so I just really had to learn a lot, and I'm still learning a lot, which I think is the most exciting part. Um for a really long time, if you do women's fashion publications, like, you can do that in your sleep, basically. Like, you can do that market in your sleep. But there's something fun and interesting about, like, 12 years into my career starting over again. So was that intimidating? Like, hell yeah. And there are still days where I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Why do I have this job? <laughs> did they really hire me? That's nuts. But I do also, you know, tell myself every day in the morning that, like, I— know what I'm doing. I can run a team. I've managed huge teams. Like, I'm good at this job. And so I'm many of the skill sets are the same. Exactly. The yeah. skill sets are the same. The people you need to know are the same. And so I think the fundamentals that you have to have, whether you're working in women's or in men's, is the same. So that has been a nice constant. Well, and you have a great eye for style. Thank you. I appreciate that. Did you have an opinion about menswear before coming to GQ? Was it something you thought about? I did. I think about menswear a lot because I find that women who wear menswear are often people who inspire me the most. So mm-hmm. you look a lot. You, I look at, you know, people like Jenna Lyons, and I'm always, I've been obsessed with her forever. I'm sure she's like sick of me talking about her. But, <laughs> um, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's this is what keeps her up at night, exactly. actually. Like, I wish Disney- Nikki would keep her my name out of her mouth. Um, But yeah, she is somebody who I think has just always mixed like tuxedos with a bare chest. And I'm like, that's amazing. That is what I've always been inspired by. So yeah, I think a lot about menswear. Are there other menswear, women doing menswear we should be keeping track of? You know, I think it's, it was a lot of the women whose names I actually don't know, but they were always at the PT shows. Mm -hmm. um, Mm. And they were in three-piece suits with the fedora, and they just look sharp, like sharp as hell. And, like, the way they wore color was always so inspiring. So it was, like, yellows and reds and greens, and they just, like, popped out of a sea of dudes, right? And so those are the women where I'm like, wow, if if they can stand out and, like, just be so visually stimulating, like, those are the references that I constantly um, look towards, like, when I'm getting dressed for— Fashion week for anything, really. Also when I wanted to feel just, like, the strongest in mm. my clothing. What have you learned about men's wear or how men shop from this job? Um, guys are extremely particular. I think because they don't have, like, a ton of options, really, or they haven't been blessed with hundreds and hundreds of new brands, they are very particular about what they wear. And so I'm still, in these, like, four months, I'm still— learning sort of like what my eye is for menswear and like the details that I choose to pay attention to. In terms of shopping, guys just want 
in my opinion, like the best of the best and be told where to get it. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of our service um, in terms of that on the website because you can click to buy all of those things. Like it's been vetted by GQ editors, which is great. And so, yeah, guys just want to know exactly where to get the stuff. Is fast fashion as big in men's as it is in women's? Not for the GQ reader. Yeah. Like, yeah. We don't cover a ton of fast fashion. We really believe – I think as a personal ethos for the editors who work there, but just in general for, like, the future of the world and the environment. Yeah. That, like, we How can we get to, excited about that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to sort of step away from the fast fashion. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, going instead for something that's, like, $10,000. Like, there are a lot of brands. You look at Alex Mel. I'm mm-hmm. obsessed, obsessed with Alex Same. Mel. Yes. That brand, like, the stuff is, you know, 100 bucks, a couple mm-hmm. hundred bucks, but it's well-made. It's produced, you know, here. And so those are the sorts of brands that I think we'd get behind. What do you think about fashion in general, like, gender aside? How are you feeling about where it is right now and where it's going? I think it's really—for ter- men's, I think it's really, really exciting. I think for women's, we have to figure out— where it's going to go and how to push it next. I think we're having a lot of the same conversations in women's media right now. So it's a lot of like body diversity, body positivity, and that's great. But we really need to come up with some actual solves Mm. for those things Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. I also think that for men's, we're trying to figure out like, what is American fashion Mm. for men's? Like, Unfortunately, Men's Fashion Week this year was a couple of days, and I think that it needs—and I hope that it becomes more robust and we can really get behind American designers and continue to promote them so we can have just, like, that support here. and have yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. like, support our American designers. Um, what American men's designers are you excited about? Um, I— like a holdover from women's. Brandon Maxwell just started doing men's. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know that. Obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um And I'm actually really, really excited about his men's because I think that, you know, he's a dude from Texas and he has like small batch. He doesn't have the biggest team, but his heart is always in it. And so that is really something that I um, I'm just like excited to see him flourish in that space. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. What purpose do you think Fashion Week serves, specifically Men's Fashion Week? Do you feel like the shows are important for for Men's Fashion Week? Yeah, I think showing is always important. I think it drives a conversation. It brings a certain certain sort of buzz that, like, you wouldn't get from not showing. But it's really up, I think, to us and the CFDA and just people in general to figure out, like, what's the future of a fashion show? What does a fashion show in five years look like? Um, and I think that designers really need to think outside of the box and then be told it's okay to think outside of the box. A lot of these designers think that they have to show, you know, at the biggest venue ever, and they have to invest like hundreds and thousands of dollars in a show. But if you don't have that money, then what's the other option? Mm -hmm. And I think we need to help designers with that. Yep. Are there any shows in recent history that you got really excited about? Mm. I mean, I think for women's, like any Chanel show that I've ever been Mm -hmm. to is just like really a magical moment. That's a moment where I'm like, oh, I I remember like why I got into this and you feel very special and honored to just be in the room. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. Um a show that you went to recently that I was exceptionally jealous of Nikki was Serena's show. Oh, that was pretty great actually. <laughs> and that I think is an example of somebody like she did it well. She didn't want to do a traditional show, but she wanted she had, you know, a handful of looks, maybe like 15 looks that she wanted to show. But, you know, through her connections with Anna, she was able to have a little 
salon, if you will. And it was really kind of great to hear her speak about the clothing, give a little bit of an interview, and then have the clothes walk by, and you could interact with the clothing. All the models stood there for long enough for you to go up and see the clothing and touch it and feel it. And I think that that is an example of, you know, not having to invest $100,000 into a space and into a show, but can still generate buzz. Totally. Did you see Quake there? I did not see Quake. That's a disappointment. Sadly, maybe Quake was in the back. I don't know. Quake should have worn the last look. Quake should have walked. It's obvious. Quake should have been the last look of that show. Quake definitely should have. Who do I send this feedback to? We're trying to get Quake on the pod. We emailed Quake to be a guest on the pod. She hasn't written back yet. No. Wow. Follow up. Yeah. Absolutely. Quake hasn't said no yet, so we're going to stay at that. If it's not a no, it could be a yes. That's right. We're operating from that place <laughs> um i have been really into your bathroom big fits lately thank you um, i appreciate nikki that. has been posting some spectacular <laughs> outfit selfies from the kanye nas bathroom and i think it you've always had wonderful personal style but it really feels like you've just like recently just hit a stride and it's like it's it's top very of the, signature. Top of your game. Top of Thank your game, you. and it's also very signature and identifiable. Like, I'm like, oh, I can identify a Nikki look. Thank I can you. see it. So can you please very describe it compliment. to us in your own words? That is actually a very high compliment. That's sort. That's something that I have been, like, working towards. It sounds crazy to say that out loud. I, no, I think I like it. This, I, I say it out loud a lot. I'm always trying to get a uniform going. I, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. I think when I started— at L, you know, you read these stories how, like, Obama or Zuckerberg or whomever is like, I wear one thing and one thing only and whatever because mm-hmm. it makes my life easier. At L.com, I sort of fell into that because there were so many decisions that you have to make within a day. And I I wanted to feel put together like I could go into a meeting with Lair or with Nina and feel fine in whatever I was wearing, right? So that eventually turned into some pair of, like— Amazing trousers, a pair of really great trousers, a low heel or a sneaker. Because as I've gotten older, I've really just want to be comfortable. Yeah, that's same. the goal. I can't same. do it with the shoe anymore. I'm giving yeah. up on that. I don't care yeah, anymore. I don't care. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. I don't care if I'm in a sneaker. You don't like it. I don't care if we wear heels. I don't yeah. like yeah. that. I've sort of just like thrown by the wayside. No high heels. Um, I'll give you like a two inch, a three inch, but that's about it. Exactly. <laughs> um, We're not doing a four inch heel as a culture. We're yeah. not. No. I can't. And no. then I'm hobbling and yeah. then like, yeah. pos- like, and you're yeah. thinking about your pain and not the thing. It's you a disability. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've always said to myself that I never want my clothing to get in the way of me having a good time. Yes. That's sort of like one yes. of my, you know, thoughts when I'm getting dressed. Ow. Right. And so it was this bag that obviously I was like, I'm going to be responsible and not, you know, blow yeah. my credit card bill on this one bag. But I had been thinking about it for three years after that. And so I texted them randomly during one fashion week season. And then they were like, we have it. We can get you this bag in two weeks. Oh, my gosh. I That's love cool. This so much. That's really good, awesome. Right? Yeah. Do you have other sort of shopping habits or techniques for, for what you want to buy and how you get it? Yeah, I buy um, – sort of in mass, which mm. I think, I don't know if that's like the best thing to do, but I just recently um, got a pair of trousers from Maison Kitsune, mm-hmm. and I found out that they came in like three other colors and some other fabrications, so I went back and got two more pairs just because, yeah, because yeah. they're you great. You really do that. Yeah. I don't really, but I have done it with these jeans. Um, oh, yeah, you have. I got a second pair. They're the Levi's wedgies? No, no these which, are oh, the, the Ghani. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, you yeah. got another pair. I'm black. Yeah, I haven't oh, worn nice. They need to get shortened Okay. because um, they're not exactly the same, turns out, mm-hmm. um, oh, as happens every now and again. That yeah. happened yeah. to me, too, but yeah. the final sale, and I got to deal with it. Yeah. It was pre-shopping strike. Yeah. Are you on strike? I am, and you know what's really funny? I remember when you 
you did a shopping strike last year and I watched it on Instagram and thought to myself, I just couldn't. I was inspired by it. And I remember thinking I am exactly the person who should be doing this because I am utterly compulsive Mm -hmm. when it comes to shopping. And then, you know, I, we don't have steady paychecks anymore. And I also just hit you such need to, a, You needed to hit a pause. I had yeah. hit yeah. such a saturation point after having a kid and having a different body where I was like, I need all new clothes yeah. to address this. And like, spoiler, it didn't solve my problem. Well, <laughs> it's just stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I did. I, I, I'm currently on a shopping strike and I don't know when I'm going to end it. But That's what, kind of the nice part I yeah. found where I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I just knew I needed to stop spending money. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, you stop. But I can't even remember what made me break it. It probably wasn't something like super duper expensive, but it was something that was just like sort of calling to me. Yeah. Um, what did you learn from your shopping? shopping? Oh. I have a new shopping thing I'm doing now. Let's hear. Um, and I think I read about this on The Cut maybe, but I have now a spreadsheet uh, and I'm keeping a list of everything that I'm buying That's good. so far. And I ask myself, would you feel comfortable putting this on the list? Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's like how sort of how people treat food diaries. Like yeah. if you have to keep track of it and look exactly. at it. Or, yeah. So what is everything going on? Like what go- makes the list? It's all clothes okay. and like shoes, accessories, all yeah, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I'm finding is the biggest – because I'm so stimulated and I'm so – like I see stuff all the time. Yeah. I'm always like, I need a track jacket. I need mm-hmm. a new pair of sneakers. I need this. I need Why that. Why don't I have and, that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And like it's very easy for me to get it all. And then I'm like, why did I spend money on all of this yeah. stuff? How do you think seeing the trends as frequently and as sort of ahead of time as you do influences your personal style? Are you sick of the trends by the time they come out? I'm sort – yeah. Well – Kind of. I'm sort of like, I can't believe we're still doing this. Mm -hmm. But even more so than that, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm tired of it by, you know, year one, like, I wonder when this is going to trickle down to, you know, everyone else and how long this is going to be. How long you have to keep seeing this. Yeah. Yeah. And just like on people on the streets. Like, how long is this? How long is this actually going to be around? And then you see things come back where... I was like, are we doing skinny jeans again? Yeah. 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 Are we doing yeah. knee-high boots again? Yes. Like, what year yes. is it? Yeah, totally. But then it's your crazy. eye sort of refreshes, and you're yeah. like, okay, I want to go back to that silhouette mm-hmm. from, like, 2005. Well, the thing that I find is that we're just in this crazy moment where it's happening so quickly. Because yeah. I remember when we started of a kind, and we would go to the trade shows, and I would feel like we were seeing stuff ahead of time. And now I'm like, it's all kind of happening at the same time. And I think part of what's happening is that there's space for everything. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, skinny jeans are back, but so are wide leg jeans and straight leg and tapered and whatever. And it's all like all happening at once. Yeah. I think what's kind of great about that as well is that you really can then hone in on your personal style. So you don't have to Wear like, it's off the shoulder. Jeans. It's off the shoulder tops. It's off the shoulder tops. Right, because yeah. there are only off the shoulder tops available. You yeah, know? exactly. I think that, like you can be like, I don't like off the shoulder tops, but that's great. I have seventeen other options for going out tops, which I love, and so that is wonderful. I can actually wear what I want to wear. Yeah. yeah. As you've honed in on your own personal style, are there any things that you've said these are just not for me anymore? Like I'm, I'm not buying these things, or I'm not consuming these things. Like the like super, super high, high heels. heels. Yeah. yeah, super high heels. Um, first and foremost. And that's probably the only thing. I don't really love to cut myself off from things. I do try to be more practical and thoughtful in my buys, though. So, you know, I ask myself— are you actually going to carry this? Or like like the tiny bag trend. Mm-hmm. I'm not a tiny bag girl. Yeah. I carry 
wallet, keys, you know, You live phone. an actual life yeah. in a city. <laughs> right. And I have to schlep. And so you're not just like, getting out of a car at a club and then getting it. back into the car. That's not my life. <laughs> and so I'm, I try to be more thoughtful with my purchases. This has been a very inspiring chat. Thanks. I really am. I'm inspired. <laughs> I love this. Thanks for coming on, Nikki. Is of there anything course. else we didn't cover? Um, think so. All right. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. Thanks, guys. Where can people find you on the internet? Thank you. Ah, um, you can find me on GQ.com. Mm-hmm. Doing a little bit of writing there. And I'm on Instagram, Nikki Ogun. O-G-U-N. We'll link to it. That's the show. Bye. Bye. Hi there. My name is Caitlin, and I love love your podcast. I listened to it pretty religiously for many years. <laughs> um, and I've always wanted to call and leave you a voicemail. And so I'm leaving you a voicemail now. And I just listened to your egg episode. And I also am a avid egg consumer. And my newest favorite, favorite thing in the whole world is the perfect um, boiled egg, which is, which was um, Jay Kenji Lopez all first recipes when he joined New York Times cooking recently and it's a method of steaming eggs where you just use about an inch, inch and a half of water, depending on how many eggs and they peel like a dream. It is like life changing when it comes to eggs and I highly recommend it. And yeah, keep on in those breasts. Thanks. Bye. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. If you have ideas for the show or want to advertise, email podcast at claireanderica.com. 